0: You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Brushing your teeth is a habit that's drilled into us from a young age. If you're anything like me, you can't leave the house without cleaning your teeth. But do you remember being taught how to brush your teeth? Who taught you and how many fillings have you had along the way? Joining us to cut through the cavities is Dr. Philippa Sawyer. She's a specialist paediatric dentist. Hi, Philippa. How are you? I'm really good. So (laughs) is there a proper brushing technique? It seems to change depending on when you grew up. And now there seems to be all different ways that we're told to brush our teeth. Is there one way that we should all be brushing our teeth? This brushing
1: technique, I think I like the KISS principle, keep it simple, stupid. Um, (laughs) And one of the old jokes that I've always used is that, the you know, people ask me, what's the best toothbrush? You know, there are so many on the market. what's the? And I always say, it's the one that gets into the mouth. <laughs> because if it never gets into the mouth, it's not going to do you much good. Um, In terms of um, children's teeth though, I think the best thing is to have a soft bristled toothbrush, a small head that's easy to to get your way around the mouth because as you know they have tiny teeth and you want to be able to get around to all the different surfaces of their teeth quite quickly, Um, the soft bristles because you don't want to hurt the gums. Um, soft bristles do tend to get a little bit shaggy over time. So you want to be um, replacing that about every three months or when it's shaggy. And when they're chewing on a lot on that toothbrush at an early age, then you're going to replace it more often. It's a good idea to have two toothbrushes though, one for the child and they can chew on that and so on. Um, And then one for you that you would do the actual brushing with. Um, Children's teeth need to be brushed twice a day, generally from about sort of two and a half to three is what I generally recommend. People are often struggling up until then to even get the teeth brush once a day. Um, so I don't burden people until about that two and a half, three, maybe when they're starting preschool um, and you can get that regular habit going of morning and evening brushing. So that small soft toothbrush is the best way to go and using just little rounds, little circular motion. If you can think of what an electric toothbrush does, it goes round and round and round and all you do is guide it around the mouth. So you can just do the round and round circles, um, massaging the gum rather than just brushing the teeth. If you just concentrate on the teeth then you're going to miss that that point where the tooth and the gum join, and that's where there's quite a lot of plaque accumulates. That's the most common place to find a a line of plaque. So that's what you need to be concentrating on.
0: So you mentioned something there that I don't think every parent understands, and that is that we need to clean our children's teeth for them. Um, At what point are children competent enough to do it themselves? Well, I think it's it's a little bit like crossing the
1: road. So children can't really cross the road adequately until they're about 10 years old. You wouldn't trust your child to walk across Parramatta Road when they're two years old. So trusting them with a toothbrush, I don't think that you can really trust them with a toothbrush until they're about that ten year, a nine to ten years of age. The other thing is their manual dexterity. So when they're at school and they're learning to write and they use a pencil to begin and then they have a pen and it's a bit of a handover period and then they get their pen licence, that's kind of an indication of what their manual dexterity is like and their attention to detail. So that's the sort of time when you can hand over. That doesn't mean you need to do the morning and the evening brush every single day for them. You can just do the evening brush is what I prefer because that's the time when they're going to go off to sleep. They're going to be asleep for that sort of 8 to 10 hours, you hope, and... They're not going to have the same amount of saliva flow, but they're not going to be having um, food throughout the night. So hopefully the fluoride in that toothpaste is going to have a good opportunity to to nourish their teeth and strengthen them overnight. So a really good brush at night time, the application of a fluoride toothpaste is really important.
0: And about the toothpaste, because obviously there are toothpastes in the supermarket for milk teeth. What do we need to look out for as parents? Does it matter? Can they use our toothpaste? Do we need to get children's toothpaste for them? There are recommendations
1: on all tubes of toothpaste to tell you to keep them out of the reach of children. The reason for that is that we don't want children swallowing a lot of toothpaste. And that's probably the major concern with with, um, fluoride is that children can ingest too much if they're actually given... Free reign with with the toothpaste tube, so you need to be applying it yourself. You need to be using uh, in younger children who can't spit out yet. You need to have a low fluoride toothpaste for children who are able to spit out. You can then go to a higher level of fluoride. So on the instructions, it actually says that this is for six years and under, or six years plus, or seven years plus, whatever's on there. But if your child can adequately spit out after brushing, then I think it's time to go to the stronger fluoride toothpaste. Which which research has shown gives them better protection
0: you're listening to Kindling Conversation and I'm speaking with Dr. Philippa Sawyer. She's a specialist paediatric dentist about uh, protecting our children's teeth as they grow. We're just talking about the kinds of toothbrush you can use, how you need to be part of the cleaning process and uh, also the toothpaste that you um, should be looking at for your kids. Something Philippa, my dentist, always tells me to do, which is obvious that I don't do it because he tells me all the time is to floss. Is this something we have to think about for our children as well? I
1: think it's extremely important to introduce
0: it at some stage early
1: in the piece. So the general recommendation is if you have two teeth touching, you need to floss them. And you can see the plaque building up between teeth. And if your child has teeth that are rather close together, they will get a build-up of plaque between the teeth. You can't remove it with a toothbrush. It makes sense to to get in there and disrupt that biofilm, which is full of bacteria, which can cause decay. So just getting in there with a floss. um, I generally, with the younger children, say maybe every second day. Uh, As they get older, I like to see them, um, either the parent or the child, to be flossing uh, every tooth by the time they're eight. Uh, The reason for that is that Um, they've got a lot of permanent teeth there they've got their top front permanent teeth and their bottom front permanent teeth and if the child has got some crowding then they will start to get a build up of plaque. Again they're not dexterous enough to be able to do that flossing themselves you can't just give them a floss and say go and floss your teeth, you actually need to be hands on involved with them. There's little devices you can get that will help you um, so that you don't have to just sort of hold the end of the floss and, and try and balance it up between the teeth. So there are little devices. Um, The one that I have is an easy flosser, um, but you can get all different things from the pharmacy if you have a look, and it makes it a whole lot easier. Just re-thread those each time. I get a lot of people asking me, is it okay just to use those brushes? Um, well, those brushes are useless between teeth that are actually really close together. They're more for older people like their parent, like the parents <laughs> whose teeth have maybe had a little bit more of a shift and they have some more spaces between them. And uh, so, no, they're not very useful in, in young children. They come in more handy when children have braces and you want to clean
0: around those wires. Yeah. So some people might say, well, they're baby teeth. They're going to lose them. Why do we need to pay so much attention to them?
1: Well, I guess my primary concern would be the pain that it causes a child when a tooth decays. So when a tooth decays... It doesn't look terribly attractive if it's a front tooth, um, but the other factor is that eventually that decay makes its way through to the inside of the tooth, which is like a, it's a little bit like a soft centre of a chocolate. It's got a little soft area in the middle, which is the pulp, which has all the nerves and blood vessels. Once that becomes infected, the bacteria can make their way through the root of the tooth into the bone around the tooth and cause an abscess. Um, the nerving, the nerve in the tooth, is generally um, killed by that bacterial insult, but the pain of the swelling around the root of the tooth is what causes the severe toothache. I don't think any parent wants to see their child with that sort of pain, um, swelling, and and in the end, it is a life-threatening infection for those children. And any pediatric dentist who's worked in emergency has seen these children come in with these dreadful facial swellings. So I guess that's my biggest. Um, concern for maintaining the baby teeth. Um, of course, it does other things as well. Uh, from a confidence pers- perspective, from the smile of the child, having beautiful, those beautiful teeth that, that have been given to them uh, so that when they smile, you, you have these lovely row of little white teeth. One of the other concerns is for speech. So if they have lost teeth, then it can sometimes impact on their speech. Most of the time it writes itself when the permanent teeth come through, but some children do suffer from a lack of confidence when they have missing top front teeth. The other concern is that those teeth are there for a reason. They're holding the space for the teeth to come afterwards, especially those back molars. That they're holding the space for those teeth that don't come through until they're about 10 or 12 years old. And so when a child loses a back molar, it will, it will cause a disruption in the eruption of their permanent teeth and they may require orthodontic treatment that they wouldn't have required otherwise. So you're actually burdening yourself with more expense later.
0: And something I've heard throughout my life is that uh, teeth are actually the beginning and ending of good health. That if you look at regional areas or if you look at in communities where um, there isn't good health, oral health, that pretty much everything falls apart after that. Is that something that you agree with? I think that good nutrition in
1: children will allow them to maintain their oral health throughout childhood. So making sure that they don't have um, the sugars in their diet. So other, other communities where they don't have the freely available um Sugar, sugar drinks and um, freely available processed type snacks, you'll find that the children have much better oral health, yes.
0: Philippa, that's been so interesting. Thank you for speaking with us. That was paediatric dentist Philippa Sawyer. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode.